0: This is not the Forex Q&A podcast. A little something different this week. I was on somebody else's podcast and I would like for you guys to check it out. So I'm going to go ahead and play the episode here. And a lot of you who are completely caught up in all the podcast episodes and all the other material aren't really going to learn anything today, uh, but you at least get to see kind of how I interact with other people. And you'll get a chance to catch a really good podcast as well. This is called the Trading Nut Podcast. Uh, Run by a guy named Cam Hawkins, who is a really, really good interviewer. Uh, Asks great questions. He's engaged, really patient, like everything you want a podcast interviewer to be. And he'll interview traders from all around the world, from all varying skill levels. It's really interesting. It's a podcast that I like to listen to myself. And I will provide a link down below if you guys want to go check out his and uh, subscribe to it. You really should. If you're looking for it on your podcast player, his moniker is a white background with what is either a walnut or a testicle uh, with a red Japanese candlestick in the middle of it. You can't miss it, but uh, check that out, and I will go ahead and begin our interview right now. I'll see you guys on Thursday. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading
1: the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins. And today I've got a trader from Las Vegas, Nevada. And he's not just any old trader. So he's a prop firm forex trader who's got his own podcast and he's got his own YouTube channel and blog and yada, yada, yada. He's got it. He's got it all. But he's only been around for a year. So, um, And I suppose the best thing is He's not an educator, he's not out there to be an educator, but he is educating everyone that's following him, and he's picked up a massive following over the past year. Um, Thank you very much to David M for letting me know about this guy, I've managed to get him on, he goes by the name of VP, not his real name, Um, we haven't got a real picture either, but... Um, You can learn a bit more about this guy by listening to his show. I listened to 10 episodes before I did this interview just to, well I was only going to listen to one or two just to get a feel for it and I got hooked and listened to about 10. Um, I think I've listened to most of them now. Uh, He's very, very good at the podcast, good at the YouTube, very funny. I've got to say brutal with some of his listeners out there, guys who just can't follow simple instructions. Um, Hilarious stuff. So after listening to this interview with VP, then please dive on over to the Forex Q&A podcast and check that out. He's got a unique approach to trading, a unique style, something that not everyone's going to resonate with, but if you resonate with it, you want something simple, he only trades for a few minutes a day, then it's probably worthwhile going and checking out and taking away what you can or trading the no-nonsense Forex way, which is what his blog's called, no-nonsense Forex. And uh, yeah, we touch on something in the show that... I thought it would be great to get his, his view. Oh, no, I know. I think I listened to one of his, I saw it somewhere. It was the flash crash that happened at the start of 2019, right? At January 2019, like on the first trading day of the year, bang, everything went down by about, well, I know that GJ, GBP, JPY went down by about 1,000 pips during the day and then came almost back up to to where it started, Question is, why did that happen? And like everyone's going, oh, thin liquidity, blah, 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 um, robots got out of control, yada, yada, yada. Like some guy I met the other day said that in the street. He's like, oh, you're the, the robots got out of control. And VP's written up a blog post which probably gives the most uh, succinct explanation as to what has what actually went on that day. And I've got to say, even though it's quite sort of edgy on the old conspiracy side of things to a certain degree it makes a bit of sense so go and check that out after the show i'm not going to spoil it for you you've got to read the whole thing anyway this uh, interview we dive a little bit more deeper into vp i'll get a chance to ask questions rapid fire to him so guys if you if you want to get i suppose a head start on his podcast a head start on his youtube then or add this into the, the the mix then you're going to learn something guaranteed all right let's get into it here we go vp Okay. Right guys, so um we've got VP here from No Nonsense Forex. It's a uh it's a it's a website, a blog, a YouTube channel that I was recently made aware of by one of my listeners out there. Said, you gotta check this guy out. He's getting a massive following um with what he's revealing about trading currencies. Um and I dove in and had a look at like probably the first ten episodes straight away and I was hooked, um, and then I found myself watching YouTube videos um, uh, on my TV last night of his, of his YouTube channel, and I've been lucky enough
0: to get an interview with him today. So, VP, how are you? I'm doing great, Cam, and I'm a fan of your podcast as well, so it's uh, good to finally chat. Yeah, look, it's,
1: it's um, funny that, that... Actually, I most of the guys I interview don't listen to my podcast so it's actually quite a rare treat to have somebody on that I'm interviewing that listens to the podcast and sort of knows a bit of my backstory as well so um so really good to get you on and look I mean I've got to say it you know I I've been I've been overly impressed with what you've put together um and and it's almost like a it's almost like a sort of What's the, what's like a reality TV series for, for Forex traders? What's coming up next? Well, not reality TV. It's probably um, more like a, more like one of those um, soap operas that, you know, stops you, leaves you on a cliffhanger and you're just waiting there for what's the next one going to be. So, do you want want to tell us quickly first um, how you came up with this idea and what made you decide to, to start sharing what you basically, how you trade and and all the sort of myths that are in the markets and dispelling them and, and that sort of thing?
0: Uh, Well, it came, my style of trading came out because I was just frustrated with what was already out there. Um, No matter where you looked, whether it was a website or Twitter or YouTube or anywhere, it was people telling you to do the same handful of things. And all of these people had 15, 20 years of experience behind a desk and everything worked really well when they did it. But then when I tried to do it, it didn't work well at all. And the reason they would give is, well, you just need to keep at it. Um, and I said, well, no, I don't really want to do that. I don't, I don't have 10, 15 years to get good at this. Um, so I was like, well, maybe, just maybe, there is another way. And so I actually sought out different ways to trade, um, discovered a whole new world out there because it's out there, and then slowly started putting my own system together based on completely different methods than what I was being taught. So it took a while. But the result turned out to be really good, and I was able to produce enough wing over time to get hired on by a prop firm back in 2014, and that's what I've done ever since. Um, So, with your question to uh, how I created the material and why. Yeah, yeah. uh, So it was, uh, you know. Forex education just never got better. It just, to me, it was a regurgitation of the same concepts over and over again. And people were getting on board. They were getting really excited. And then you just see them crash and it sucked. So I wanted to say, okay, look, you go your own way, but here's an alternative. Here's an alternative you probably didn't know about. It's much easier. Um, It gives you a lot of time back as well, which is also really nice. And uh, just take a look and see if you like this and if you do i'm going to set you up the best i can to succeed going forward and you can put together your own system that works really well for you that pretty much works on autopilot if you allow it to and uh that's what we've done so far and we it looks like i mean how far are you into the
1: i think you said you had like 43 videos that you're going to produce and or topics you're going to talk about how far are we into that at the moment
0: I don't even think we're at the halfway point yet, the way I've drawn it up. Uh, Things really started um, when the podcast launched back in June 2018, I want to say. And let's see, it's end of January now. And then I have about all of 2019's worth of material with the uh, videos and the podcasts. So definitely more than 43 um, if you factor all those things in. But uh, yeah, I would say we could probably wrap it up by the end of the year, and then we'll have everything out there, and then it it can just kind of run itself. Yeah, so like I mean, thirty over
1: was it thirty eight thousand or forty thousand YouTube subscribers already? It's it's gaining massive traction. Um, Really, job well done there. So let's let's go all the way back to to I suppose a bit more about like how you first decided to get into trading in the first place. What 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 gave you the, the impetus to start?
0: Desperation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't invest anything before and I just, I really fell out of love with uh, the food and beverage industry over time. I mean, it's, it's a tough job and uh, somebody I worked with had gotten into uh penny stock trading and was self-proclaimed really, really good at it. And so I kind of learned that game and um, failed really bad. I, I hit my first one, which is probably the worst thing you could ever do. Um, because then I immediately went all in and started losing everything I had over and over and over again. And I said, oh, okay, I'm still going to do this. Um, but for those penny stock traders out there, you guys know that in the summertime, that whole market really dries up. So I'm like, I need another route to go. And uh, I was part of this i uh, uh, part of this uh, bulletin board community called iHub. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's uh, really big for stocks and everything like that. They have a little tiny Forex division. And I went there, I found the smartest guy there, and I said, okay, hey, I'm interested, what do I do? And he told me to go to this place to learn how to trade, and I did, and uh, fell in love with it right away. I don't really retain information great, um, but certain things I really do, and Forex was one of those things. So I got really, really excited and said to myself, okay, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life if I can. And I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to get there. And so it was just rugged determination uh, ever since. Nice, nice. Okay, so so we got your backstory.
1: Um, what so what does your trading look like these days? If we dive into the the stats around what you do, I mean. If you had to summarize it, and hopefully you're not giving away too much of what's coming up on your on your podcast and your YouTube channel, but um, so how would you how would you call your trading style, your strategy uh, to start off with?
0: Uh, so I put together an algorithm, which is not as daunting as it sounds. Um, it's just a series of rules, I guess, that all have to come true for you to enter a trade, and then from there I have built in money management. So uh, I use indicators, I use them religiously and if you put together the right ones and the right types um, you can really get into a trade at a great point and then you also have indicators in there that help you manage a trade along the way I mean it's over time it's completely foolproof you will never not know what to do and that's great you know it takes all the guesswork out of it and I felt like there was nothing but guesswork uh, from the way I was training before so uh, I like
1: this way much better and and what about timeframes? I mean, what sort of are you having to look at multiple
0: timeframes, or do you stick on the same time frame? How does that work? Nope, daily chart. That's all I do. I trade for, really honestly, about 10, 15 minutes a day tops. Um, because my system is all right there, I can just go through twenty eight different currency pairs. I trade every combination of the eight majors, and I can rattle through those in probably about two minutes. And then the rest of the time is just uh, entering and managing if it even applies. Um, it's extremely easy, extremely hands off, and uh, allows me to get really good results and still, you know, pretty much have the whole data myself. Nice. So, I mean, uh, how much time do you actually work at the prop firm doing actual work, or
1: well, you don't even go uh, in well, there?
0: I don't go into my prop firm. No, they let me work remotely, uh, which is great. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's not the the nineteen eighties, nineties style of prop firm. It's, uh, it's it's the modern day version. Right, right, right. So you, you do your fifteen minutes a
1: day and. And make your money that way. Nice. So, so these, um, so you're trading on the daily. So, how long were your
0: trades run for? Uh, as long as they have to. Um, I think the longest I've ever had was two months because it just kept on going. Um, but there's no real average time. It just depends on, you know, what the market does while I'm in it.
1: Okay. And, and what about risk to reward? I mean, how much are you risking to, to,
0: to make? So, uh, I have a video. Um, Called the ATR, the Average True Range indicator, and I make all of my decisions um, risk reward wise based on that, which is good because every pair has different volatility, and you can't have the same exact risk reward across the board. It has to be percentage based because, like I said, everything is is different. So, if if you use that indicator, uh, things it's very adjustable. Um, so I like that aspect of it a lot, and I can, um, like I said, it's mostly just on the video. It's kind of like what you and I talked about before. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and I, I know it reminded me when I when you were saying that, and I saw ATR was up there as your your number one indicator. Uh, back way back episode 40, 15, I think it was, where I had uh, a trader on called Nigel Hawks, and he was he was like every system he did had the ATR. And you would use um, either I think it was one point five or one point five risk to to was a one risk to one point five reward, and it was based on the ATR. ATR everything was based on the ATR. So it just it confirmed for me that like maybe I should start using that a bit more in terms of some of the stuff that I'm doing, um, because I, don't, I I've tried it and I can't I can't seem to make it work for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, do you use like a um, standard deviation to try and, uh, I suppose, it, it, uh, extend out the, the average
0: um, range? No, nothing like that. Um, it's pretty simple. I do the reverse of what you just said. I do a 1.5 ATR risk to 1 ATR reward. Now, that sounds completely counterintuitive, but um, you're just taking half of your position off there. And you're letting the rest of it, you're letting the rest of it run. And then also, I have something called an exit indicator, which will almost always get me out of a losing trade before price ends up hitting that stop loss at 1.5 ATR. So um, those numbers don't even really pan out the way most people think they do. You know, they turn out much better. Um, so that stop loss is just kind of a you know doomsday stop loss. Um, it rarely gets hit. Um, but at least I have something there and at least I have a structure to follow and uh, it's worked really really well for me I can't say enough good things about the ATR as simple and as rudimentary as it is it's, uh, it's the number one tool in my toolbox okay and so, so what does your I
1: mean your typical trading day look like I mean what do you actually do in the rest of that time so you're only doing like 10 to 15 minutes of, of actual trading I mean what are, you, what are you filling it in with
0: other than your podcast and your YouTube channel yeah, well, I, uh, like I said, the way I trade allows for a lot of time. So uh, either be bored to death or uh, take on a bunch of different projects. And so, uh, so I do. Uh, just projects I don't really talk about, not because they're illicit or anything, but just have nothing to do with Forex trading. Um, and it just keeps me busy across the day. And I, I, oh, you know, it's pretty sunny where I live. And so I always try to you know, stay outdoors and be healthy and do all that uh, while I have the time. And so so what what interests me is the like so I know
1: obviously I know a lot of traders out there around the world and and you tend to get two types like guys that uh get to a point where they're just happy with how it progresses and they they they're not looking to try and I suppose push it any further I mean why why did you, or how were you able to just stop where you are now and go I'm actually quite happy with this and I know I don't don't want to actually sort of go and see if I can make it better or improve things. Because a lot of these other guys will be spending, you know, probably a good chunk of the day trying to make it better. Even though they're already good, they're trying to make it better. What's your view on that?
0: Well, make no mistake, I do constantly try to improve what I have. Um, I still dedicate a couple hours a night just to testing out different indicators, different settings, and measuring them up against what I currently have. I've never, ever stopped trying to improve. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But for me to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to trade more often now to see if I can make things go higher uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense because almost every technical tool you use, and I'm a purely technical trader, Works much better on the daily chart than anything else. So anything else I'm trying to do apart from that is going to be suboptimal, and I'm just not interested in you know taking more time out of my day to do things that aren't as optimally as I possibly can happen.
1: Okay, okay, cool. And so, so um, changing the subject slightly, cryptocurrency trading. When they came out, what were you th- what were you thinking? Did you did you think maybe this is something I should look into? Did you invest in them? Um have you placed any trades on them? Where do you think Bitcoin's going? I know there's a lot of questions being thrown at you, but um what's your view, let's start off with that? What's your view on k- trading with crypto uh trading cryptocurrency?
0: Well, I can make it pretty easy on you. I don't trade crypto. Um but when I first saw it, um I was re- it's really fascinating. I mean, it's unlike anything well, we've ever seen in terms of what it is. Um, but the way it was moving, uh, when you consider the mania behind it and everything like that, as a penny stock trader uh, from the past, I'm like, I have seen this before. I've seen this I've seen this many times before, and I know exactly how it typically ends. And so it wasn't surprising to me at all to see it go up the way it did and then come back down the way it did. And uh, it was a great case study for me, too, because crypto allowed – so many brand new novice investors to come into the game that had no clue on how to actually manage a trade or an investment and um, it's you know I trade metals too and it's the same with the gold and silver people you know there's they're guilty of it as well but when crypto was up to about uh, 16 or 18 right about there not one person was saying sell um, because it wasn't in their best interest to do that you know they wanted to hold and See if we just go on and on forever, um, and so nobody did. Well, very few people did, but um, almost nobody did, and they really got hurt and had to suffer that crash along the way. I knew people personally that did, and I was screaming at them to take some profit off at a certain point, um, but none of them did. They were all in, and now they're still all in. Um, but the good thing, <laughs> the good thing though, I think from a, uh, a personal standpoint is I've gotten a lot of former crypto people over to my channel. I think um I think they've caught the investment bug and they look at the forex market and they say oh hey look a stable market we like that and so they're so, so they're they're very willing to learn and yeah, it's been great i love all the crypto people that have come over um, and what about what about bitcoin do
1: you think that where do you, where do you think it's going to end up i've had some very different views here so
0: um, i'm interested to hear yours well, he didn't disappointing i don't forecast and forecasting something like that's almost impossible um i think i think they're talking about it as a safe haven currency but once the market hinted at crashing um bitcoin still went down so um, that might throw that idea away um i i hope it does well you know just for the sake of the people who took the chance you know i'm always rooting for people like that um but apart from that i just don't have a dog in this fight yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, right. So
1: what do you think made you different from the average mom or dad trader out there at the beginning? What what trace did you have and what actions did you take?
0: Curiosity was probably the biggest one. Um, I think everybody just gets trapped in that bubble. You know, they're told by everybody that these are the... 10 to 15 things that you have to do, and there's there's just simply no other way. And if there is another way, then they, they try to debunk it and say it's stupid, and they don't want you to go look at it. Um, and I said, no, there's got to be something better than this, and I'm going to go find it because this, this hamster wheel I'm on is just not going to work. Um, so I was kind of the pioneer. I had nobody out there kind of telling me what to do and what not to do. I was really out there on my own com- putting this whole thing together in, uh, in kind of a frontier world that nobody else was trading. So that's why it took me as long as it did really for me to, to get good at this. Um, so what I'm trying to do now is show people this world, but at the same time, you know, not have them just floating in outer space like I was, you know, give them some real guidance tell them all the mistakes I made. So hopefully they don't make those mistakes and, uh, and see where it takes them. And the results have been crazy. I mean, a very short amount of time. If you just go look at my YouTube comments or my Twitter feed or anything, um, it's just full of people that said, Hey, you reversed my fortunes right away. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of up to me now to temper those expectations. I'm like, Hey, look, this isn't how it's always going to be, but I'm glad, um, I'm glad you took the time to learn my way and I'm glad it's paying off for you as, as quickly as it is. Um, just, just keep your head about you going forward. And, and so uh,
1: you mentioned before, and you mentioned it quite a bit on your podcast and YouTube channel that you've, you've gone through and you've tested these indicators, like, uh, the typical indicators out there that the RSI's of the world and, and, um, moving average crossovers and all that sort of stuff. I mean, can you give us a quick explanation of how you went about, working out whether or not these things work. What was your what was your sort of
0: your typical test? Um so yeah, I have a whole episode on backtesting and the best way to do that. Um, for me, uh, I would put them on every currency pair I had and based on my own risk reward, which I already knew, I could actually go back and say, okay, every time I get a signal for this, um, do I actually participate in a winning trade? or does it hit my stop loss? And I would record that information. And it, first you, you just want to get a rough winning percentage of how these things operate. And if they, uh, if they can't even perform well that way, um, then there's no use in really testing them further. And so, uh, I can nowadays, I can pretty easily get rid of the ones that I know are not going to be very successful. But if I do find a good one, then I'll hang on to it. And then I'll add, by other indicators to it. And those indicators are just designed to eliminate the losses that that initial one gives me. And then I'll say, okay, what does that winning percentage look like now? And if I can get it to a really good level, I'll actually forward test it in real time because it's completely different than back testing. Um, because there's so many things when you backtest that you're not factoring in. And then if I, Find something that is actually better than what I already have, and I've proven it, then I'll just plug it in. I have full confidence in it, and I'll just go ahead and let it run.
1: Nice. Okay, cool. Simple. Um, so so here's the next question. So if you're a retail trader working a day job, what steps would you recommend they take to start earning
0: income trading? There's. <laughs> Yeah, well, definitely trade the daily chart because you're not going to have too much time, um, especially if you have a family or any other projects going on at home, um, to really do much else without running yourself into the ground. So uh, step one is that. I mean, you you can really do well and do some damage just by trading the daily chart and kind of getting that whole instant gratification of trading the 15-minute and the 5-minute out of your head completely. Um, And then the, the time you do have test different things out, um, follow, you know, go to go to my YouTube channel and follow the structure I give you. And from there, it should be easy to go, go discover some of these things and test them out and see how they work. And if you do it enough times, you're going to find things that work really well. And it, it fits into anybody's lifestyle because it's really, as far as trading, you're only taking about a half hour out of your day to actually do that. And so I've got to say,
1: I was thinking about it last night. I actually do like that idea because I was thinking, hang on, a sec, maybe I should take that approach because I'm, I'm spending way, way like way too much time, much more time than that. Um, when I was thinking about like oh, fifteen to twenty minutes, half an hour, that's that's actually quite sort of achievable and so i might actually start looking at, at it from that way and i I am in the lower time frames bringing up the higher time frames who knows um right next question so if you had to split your trading up into technical versus fundamental what would that split look like
0: uh 99 technical one percent fundamental and that one percent would just be me avoiding news events that i know are coming out or or just avoiding things like like With Brexit going on right now, there's so many things just kind of pop up and the market will react to them in a certain way. So I'm just kind of taking the British pound out of my trading for a while until that vote finally goes down, Um, which is fine. That leaves me with seven others. But uh, from a fundamental standpoint, that is really my entire game is just making sure things like that that are completely out of my control don't hinder my bottom line Uh, because the more things – that are out of your control that you can get get rid of, um, the better off you are because then it's completely up to you and your system to do the work. And if you already test your system and you've seen it do the work, well, then good things should happen. And so so how did your system cope with that
1: flash crash on, what was the 2nd or 3rd of January this year? Um,
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I wasn't in it. Um, I wasn't in any of the trades that were affected. And it's interesting you say that. Um, I, I put out an article on why I think that flash crash happened. Oh, you saw um, I saw that. I the video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there is no video for it. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I, have a very, uh, I have a very unique perspective on that. And I'm surprised it's so unique. I'm surprised more people haven't thought of it this way. But um, what typically happens in those flash crashes is people who are on uh, the vast majority of one side, whether it's long or short, Um, are the ones that really get crushed. And the way we trade at No Nonsense Forex is to not be on that side. So I didn't hear one person come in and say, hey, I really got murdered by that flash crash. Um, I had a handful of people saying, hey, I made a ton of money off that. But, um, But for me, I was just not in the market at all. Thank God, because you know when you get stuck in one of those things, who knows what can happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so to
1: diving a little deeper on a price chart, I mean, what three things would you recommend a novice trader educate
0: themselves on? Ooh, good question. Um, I think it's important to know uh, who moves price up and down. Uh, my most popular video I have. Uh, it's I, I call it the Big Banks video. It's actually the what is it? The, the top Forex strategy for 2019, something like that. But it's the Big Banks video. And uh, learning that first, I think really helps because that's kind of your fundamentals is to say, okay, um, the market makers are the ones that move price. They just react to wherever the retail traders go. So it's probably my best interest to avoid, to avoid the places where those people trade often. And so what I really need to do is stop using tools that put me in those situations, um, i.e. the tools that everybody else uses, you know, support and resistance lines, RSI, things like that. Because whenever those tools give you a signal, they're giving a signal to everybody else too. And you don't know if it's going to be long or short. Um, But what you do know is if there is a big move based on what those retail traders do, the banks and the market makers are going to react to it. And yet that is another thing you can't control. Um, the second thing I would say is definitely get your money management, right? Um, I said it in one of the videos, if, uh, if you and I were having a contest to see who can make the most pips over time and you had the best trade entries, but I had the best money management and I just flipped coins. Um, it it wouldn't even be close. Um, I would crush you over time because money management is that important. It's one of the things that almost no retail traders out there really possess. And if you can just get a structure for that, that you can always follow and you don't even have to think about it, that, that alone really puts you ahead of the game. Uh, So maybe those two things, uh, I I have a whole trading psychology playlist too, uh, which is just really boils down to you not getting in your own way. Um, But I think if you lock those, if you lock those things down, especially the money management, um, I mean, you can, you can move mountains with that. And
1: just on the, on the big banks video and, um, and you I don't know if it's this discovery there but it's um it's obviously I mean guys go and check it out we'll we'll, we'll probably, probably try and get a link up or we'll put the video in the actual podcast notes but i mean how did you how did you get to the point where you were able to discover the information that you reveal in that video how did you find out about it? so first
0: off yeah first off it came from one of the people who taught me uh, for a a long time ago, some some of you are probably familiar with him, Uh, Michael Huddleston, inner circle trader, who's still a pretty big deal right now. Um, He's a pure price action guy, and I moved away from that as soon as I could, Um, but I did learn a lot of really good things from them. So that's how I was initially turned on to it. And then just in doing deeper research and talking to actual professional traders like around the world, some of them who actually worked for banks or knew people that worked for banks, all pretty much confirmed what I already thought. And then you'll see in that video that there's that client sentiment index that actually just paints a beautiful picture of how when retail traders go one way in a, in a big choreographed move, you know the, the banks will always go the other way, assuming it's one of those currency pairs where everybody trades, like the euro dollar, pound dollar, dollar cad, Aussie dollar, you know, places like that, um, to where they really don't mess around too much with a lot of the cross pairs. Which is really good if you want to avoid what the big banks do.
1: Yeah, I was, was have a look at the um, your Aussie Kiwi uh, video last night actually, and the irony is coming from New Zealand and um, going over to Australia like quite often. Uh, I I never I never trade that pair. Um, can you talk a little bit about why it's such a good pair to trade?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you don't. Um, so, yeah yeah, I just put out the video on that, and uh, it's just it's more of what it avoids than what it actually is uh, it it's It avoids any of the the nonsense that happens with the United States dollar, which is the one place where uh the banks really love to play because that's where everybody else plays. Um, so you're already avoiding that um, it doesn't follow risk on risk off because they're both risk on currencies because the interest rates are high, um, so you don't have to worry about the stock market getting in your way. And, uh, if, if you trade on the daily chart, um, I trade 20 minutes before the close of the daily candle. So if news comes out for the Aussie or the Kiwi, it's coming out like two hours later. And if for some reason it doesn't go my way, I have the next 20 hours of the day for that news to correct itself over time. If it's going to do that. So You know, the stock market doesn't affect me. The nonsense on the United States dollar doesn't affect me. And even bad news could come out for one of those currencies and still wouldn't affect me. It just allows me to be that technical trader that I am. Um, So, for that reason, I've had a really good success rate with that one pair. Yeah, I I had a look at it last night, right? And I I did a bit of
1: analysis on it because... um, And the main reason I haven't traded it is because I I always think the spread's too high. Um, So... Anyway, I'm I'm over that now. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that on even on the hourly or even smaller time frames, it was very hard to, to put a put a system together. But on the daily, it actually wasn't that hard. It was quite easy. So I think <laughs> What do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? I'm learning stuff. Um, right, anyway, let's get on with to the technical round. So this is a quick fire questions to help the guys out there really just embed the this information and knowledge. So um, VP, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable?
0: Uh, about four years. Uh, but keep in mind, too, that was me you know, pioneering a system that had never been put together before. So the learning curve was really steep. And, and how, I just want to ask this question.
1: How many hours a day at that point in time were you putting into backtesting and, and trying to find these indicators that were going to put up a system for you? About
0: three or four, I would... Uh, Come home from work at night um, about 10 or 11 o'clock and then put in a few hours and then go to bed around 2 or 3 in the morning. Wow.
1: Um, What's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us?
0: uh, Try to take the mental game completely out of it. Um, If you put a system together um, that that you know works, then you don't have to worry about the mental game because the mental game can be really, really tough. Um, So that would be my best advice. What's your favorite entry setup? Well, I just pretty much do whatever my system tells me to do, but my favorite would probably be a cross pair that doesn't have any news coming up that could ruin my trade. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Um, So, you know, as soon as I take my first profit, I'll move my uh, stop loss to break even. So that way, no matter what happens on a winning trade, and uh, then I'll put in a stop loss, I'm, I'm sorry, a trailing stop after a certain point. And then I also have an exit indicator, uh, which is really good. It's designed to get me out of a trade that is probably done running, but is, uh, but will get me out before price hits my trailing stop. And so th- those little pips I save here and there every time really add up. What's your recommend- recommended trading book? Uh, like an actual book, book to read? Well, I mean, it, yeah, a book, a book to read. Uh, nothing as far as actual trading goes, because uh, no, don't forget, I'm I'm the big contrarian over here. I'm the guy who trades different than everybody else does. Yeah, just uh, my very last podcast was on this, on trading books. I'm like, most of the books I recommend are mindset books, um, because I think just as if you want to make this what you're going to do with your life. There's a certain mindset you kind of need to follow or or it really helps. And so, um, so I made a whole podcast just based on books like that. And was there any one that book that stands out there? Uh, maybe if it was one, it would be discipline equals freedom by Jocko Willink. Um, it's just, we're all naturally undisciplined, even if we think we are. And that book really puts you in line. Um, I, if, if anybody's listening out there, get the hardcover version. Don't get the Kindle version. You'll thank me later for this. But, uh, but man, you just, you feel like the biggest piece of crap after reading that book, like in the best possible way. Um, and it just, it really kind of, it resets you and refocuses you to really focus on what matters. Yeah, I've, I've heard him on
1: a couple of different podcasts, actually. So um, you might have spurred me on to get that book. Right, so if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about
0: mastering it? Uh, well, most retail traders right now, I, I would say, hey, look, you guys have been forced into a bubble. You've been told that these are the only things that works, and... Um, and there's really no other way to go. I'm, just, I'm letting you know there's a big, beautiful world out there. Uh, it does exist, and it is you owe it to yourself to find it and at least look at it. And my channel is really good at helping you do that, but you can really go any way you want. But just know it's it's not the same 10, 15 things they talk about. There's much more out there, and I would just spend the next month trying to discover those things first, decide if you want to go that route, And if you do, and you're frustrated with what you're doing right now, then just know it's not the end. You know, there's there's plenty more out there for you. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I use Oanda for um, trading on the channel. Um, My firm uses interactive brokers, which I don't like and I don't recommend. And really, there's only about, I don't know, four or five brokers that Americans can even use. It's very, very restrictive out here. So just... For lack of a better option, even though I do like it, um, I use Oanda. What's the worst trade that you've ever had? <laughs> uh, I don't really even remember my best and worst trades, but there was one that was just really, really frustrating, and it had to do with Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers is the worst; it makes you double and sometimes triple confirm what you want to do, and so it was a dollar CAD. It was a dollar CAD trade. And I closed it out for a profit, but I didn't triple or quadruple confirm whatever they wanted me to do. And um, so I didn't actually close the trade. And um, it also has this thing where you can't really see the trade you're in unless you click a couple different boxes and things like that. It's very, the UI is really bad. Um, but, but that trade went the other way. And ran for about four months before I even really recognized what was going on. I looked at my overall account and I said, this is not as high as I thought it was. And I did some digging and found out that's what it was. It was a 500 pip loss. And it was just, it, it was just because I didn't triple confirm what I wanted to do. So ultimately, it was my fault. I shouldn't blame them but man that was really frustrating and i uh, i have not forgiven them for that since <laughs> yeah obviously
1: um right so if if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be
0: i kind of already mentioned it yeah it's like look um there's other ways to go um just the that's the biggest takeaway i can give you all it's uh if if you are learning all these tools and learning all these methods of trading and it works really well when they do it but it never seems to work when you do it and you're constantly guessing and you're just not getting it right, it's not a matter of you just getting really good at those things. Maybe those things aren't really that effective. I can tell you as a, for a fact they probably aren't because they're based on methods and tools that were created 20, 30, 40 years ago for stock trading. Um, the mechanics of the forex market in many ways were completely different. So you guys are learning the 1960s game um, while the modern-day game is out there. You just got to go get it. Okay,
1: last question of the show, VP. So we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy. Entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame. basically something our listeners can try it at home this week.
0: I uh, can't really do that because, uh, like I said, you put the system together and the system tells you what to do. And that's not something I can just really explain in two minutes, unfortunately. Um, But the good news is, is once you have it there, it's extremely easy. I just, I can't verbalize it to people um, without a visual on how that actually works.
1: I thought I'd throw the question in there anyway. I knew you weren't going to answer it because basically, it's, I just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, up, you, you, that, you that's what you're doing? Yeah, 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 I thought there's a there's a small chance you might give us something, um, but I understand. That's all. That's all good. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Uh,
0: if it's media related, just hit me up at uh, vp at no nonsense um but for everybody else just go to no-nonsenseforex. nononsenseforex.com for the website and the blog uh three words no nonsense forex on youtube for that and then i host the forex q and a podcast um uh, which you can easily find as well
1: yeah brilliant look it's um it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show uh especially after listening to you know, maybe 10 or 15 of your podcast episodes and watching about seven or eight of your videos um it's been really good to to just talk one on one, and guys, I think as the forex Q and A, so you guys can actually ask uh, VP some questions if you've got them. I'm sure you, you're inundated. <laughs> Am I right?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm staring at about thirty right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it it goes up and down depending on the day. Well, have, have, is
1: there any are there any good questions in there that like just interesting doozy ones or
0: probably not. No. No. Okay. They're <laughs> mostly, uh, honestly, 80% of the time I've already answered it in a podcast episode, and I just send them that episode, and they're right. they're more than happy. Yeah, cool. Well, guys, look, it's a big thank you to VP for sharing
1: with us today. Everything we discussed here, along with all the links, are going to be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for VP in the search box on TradingNut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, there we go. Interview with VP done and dusted. Now, what's going on here at Trading Nut this month? Well, I should have mentioned it at the start of the show, I didn't, but I'm going to mention it now. Hey, look, we've got a limited time bonus happening for guys who are part of the Robot Traders Club. So if you're part of the Robot Traders Club, you'll find a new bonus trading robot in the members area sitting there for you. It's based on the uh, it's based on an indicator called the sheved Supply and Demand, and basically what that does is it draws supply and demand zones on a price chart. And the robot, the zone master robot, I'm calling it, it basically uh, plays with those, or works with those zones, and will take trades based on a number of different things. So there's a whole bunch, I think there's over 20 settings that you can choose from. Uh, Things like, I mean, it can enter only at round numbers, it can enter... Uh, within a percentage of the zone. It can do a retest of a zone that's flipped. It can do, you can flip the buy and sell orders. There's a ton of stuff that you can do. So guys, if you want to check out more about that, head over to the members area, log in, and you should find uh, actually. I'll tell you what. I'll put a link in the description, show description, so you can get a link to it there. Uh, and there's a coupon code as well to save you a couple of bucks on the on the joining fee. And what's more, what's more, you can um, you're going to get the first robot as well of the Robot Traders Club. So guys, go and check it out in February 2019. If you're listening to this later, hit me up. We'll see what we can do. All right, guys. Until next week. I hope you have a great trading week, and I'll see you in the markets.